0: Tableau for breakfast. People of the Pilbara. Hello and welcome to People of the Pilbara. Now this podcast series is all about you, the people of our town that make Karratha such a special place to live. And I think there's something really unique about people that come to a place maybe they've never heard of in the middle of a desert, apparently with nothing to do. But as we all know, a lot of us come for a six month to 12 month plan and end up staying a decade like I did. <laughs> so this podcast series, we're going to have a chat to everyday people that call Caratha home and find out what they do here, what they love about Caratha and what's next in their journey. And this week's guest is Cassie Perry. Now, Cassie arrived in Caratha over 30 years ago and she's been heavily involved in many things throughout the community, especially KBA Caratha Basketball Association. We speak to her about travel, and how the travel industry was affected during COVID, what she enjoys the most about Karatha, and her plan for an MBL1 team for the Cyclones. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a cuppa, and enjoy my chat with Cassie and her journey to call Karratha home. Cassie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Pablo. <laughs> Not a problem. Now, uh, let's wind the clock back a bit because uh, you were one of the first people that I actually met in town. It must have been a business after hours. Uh, you've been in town quite a long time, 31 years. You've been running uh, your business 26 years at Centro. You've been involved with the KBA for, for 30 plus years. So let's go back. What what brought you to town? What brought you to Karatha?
1: Okay. So like everyone, I was traveling around Australia um, as an 18 year old had done all the East Coast on our way home to Mandra mm-hmm. and had some friends here visiting for three days and stayed 31 years. <laughs> <laughs> and we've heard that story how many times? Yeah. But, yeah.
0: And so were you, everyone knows you obviously now as well, working in the travel industry with Hello World, but was that your calling? Like, were you interested in doing travel work or what were you doing once you have been to school? What was the plan?
1: Well, I had no plans. I love travelling, so um, that's what I did when I finished school. I went off, Oh well, I saved for a little while, worked in Woolies, Mm -hmm. saved up all my money and got moving. Went around Australia for about eight, eight, nine months and um, loved travelling, obviously. And I fell into travel. I started with... um, Working at the Ki, which obviously same sort of industry, mm-hmm. absolutely loved it. Landed myself a job with ANSET, actually right, going right. back, yeah, yeah, and um, worked for them for six years until obviously um, we got made redundant here just before the collapse. So mm. we they had a travel agency in Centro. Did they? Yes, they did, <laughs> and it was um, massive office. It was huge. It was about four shops in there now, oh, where yeah. JJ's and that are, mm-hmm. along that corner. So, um, yeah, I worked there for six years and then we got made redundant. And then I moved across the road to where I am now in what back then was Jet Set. Mm-hmm. And, mm. um, yeah, I never looked back. I love the travel industry. It's just, honestly, you learn something new every day. It's always different and
0: very stressful, but also fun. So what was that next step then for you running the business and uh, becoming the owner and whatnot? How was that transition?
1: Well, that was kind of interesting because there was Harvey World back then. Mm. There was us as Jet Set who transitioned to Travel Land, which was a subsidiary of Ansett at the time. So Ansett closed down their um, travel agents mm-hmm. as such, and the staff that wanted to moved into Travel Land. Dallas Power was who owned the video shop as well (laughs) at that time, which was also in Centro. Um, She owned it and and, I was 23. Josie, who was working there, who still works with me now, um, she was 21. And Karen, who worked at Harvey World, she was 21. We all were good mates and we all worked well together. So we were like, oh, we want to start an agency. Dallas had offered it to Josie. Um, unbeknownst, kind of, to me and Karen, mm-hmm. and suggested that she involve me in the purchase. So, yeah, that's kind of how it come about. Dallas What are 20 year Yeah, well, yes. Wow. We had no bloody clue. <laughs> Honestly, we Steep did. Steep learning curve. Oh my God. We knew how to sell travel. Yeah, we yeah. didn't know how to run a business. And, you know, still 30 years later, you're learning something still new. Yeah, yeah. Still figuring it out. Yeah, that's right.
0: Um, so that's quite interesting. Uh, just going back to being in Centro, because that, that's obviously changed names a couple of times. Now it's Carruthers City Shopping Centre. Uh, but you, and we were just saying before we hit record, Jeff, uh, who owns Key Spot, you're probably the oldest tenants there. Yeah, yeah. Now, as far as you know, have it, having the shops and you, yeah. and you haven't moved.
1: No, neither of us or the news agent. And so, the news agent as well. Yeah, yeah. So the three of us have been there forever. <laughs> yeah, we've fought many battles together.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what's been? Is there a shop in particular? that you miss from Centro when you walk around? Because obviously you go out and and grab your lunch and whatnot. And there's been so many. Because Leonard's is a big one that I always miss. And I was reminiscing with someone the other day uh, about BT's. They used to have their little pie shop. Oh, uh, yeah. Well. It was
1: great. Oh, and there was another bakery. <laughs> when Ansett was there, straight across from us was Goddard's Music, and oh, then there yeah. was a lolly shop. Oh. And that was like we looked at it all day working. <laughs> so, so I do miss that. <laughs> I, of course, miss Sumo yeah. Salads. Come on, Pav, we, we loved that because some healthy food was yeah, great. Yeah. Um, but also the other bakery, which is mm. now where the um, needle, uh, the threading shop is. Oh, there there used there. to be a bakery there back wow. in the day. And they did the best hedgehog slice oh, ever. Yum. And one of the girls in the Ansett office was almost addicted to them. So we <laughs> ate them all the time. And I do miss them. That would be my main miss, the hedgehogs.
0: <laughs> so for many years, I, w- I used to work at um, at Coles in the deli. And there's something, and yeah, it was in a shopping centre. There's something quite unique. It sort of becomes, I feel like, a world in itself, Right the shopping centre and you get to know uh, other people and other people have their same lunch breaks and all that kind of thing. It com- becomes its own sort of micro, micro, uh, micro, is it? Is that yeah. well, um It's an own little family. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Say. Yeah, um, yeah. So h- h- how do you feel like that's, Worked in there because obviously you see a lot of people um, all the time. It might be quite—it's quite a nice commute because it's really the main sort of hub in town, right?
1: It is, and you—you you walk through there, and it's just like, "Hello, hi, <laughs> hi, hey, Cass, yeah." And I've had some friends over once. I remember this distinctly, and we were in the shopping centre on a Saturday, and we were about to go out the shack, so we we're doing a quick shop early in the morning and I was like, oh, God, we're in a re- rush. I hope I don't run into anyone. I know because, you know, I always <laughs> stop and chat and my kids get driven insane by it because I'm always chatting. And he said to me when we left, he goes, geez, I'm glad we didn't run into anyone you knew because we stopped about six times and yeah. like, hi, hi, hi. And so, yeah, it is. It's a little community within itself. You see people every day. Wave to people constantly all day because mm. they know you're there. Mm. And if they want to stop in for a coffee, you go, come on in. Well, you can't yeah. really
0: hide. You've got the glass no, windows. No, that's
1: right. That's
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, travel industry obviously has been pretty tough over the last couple of years with COVID. And they was sort of indefinite. We don't know if we can go anywhere. Uh, obviously helped the the uh, local Side of things with tourism, especially here in WA, we really saw up north and down south really flourish. What's it like now post COVID if people wanting to travel? Oh, yeah. yeah. It is. I-
1: honestly. So we were decimated. Mm. And thankfully, there were so many good businesses in town that supported us during that period, which honestly kept our doors open, Um, just the domestic side of it, which honestly, there's not much money in it at all. Um, So the government, thank God, they come on board and helped us out because a lot of agencies closed down and Mm. it was bloody hard and sad. Um, But now, coming out the other end, it is... Insane. Mm. Honestly, we are just incredibly busy and grateful for all the clients coming back, um, but we can't keep up. Mm. Like everyone, we we had eight staff, and for a long time there, we had three. Just put on another trainee and um, have another employee who, unfortunately, is pregnant and leaving. But um, so there's five of us at the minute. So we're getting through our quotes now, but it's really been. Un- Unbelievable! We're we're doing what we used to do with eight full time staff right, yep. with five of us, and yeah, and it's demand's high. High, yeah. and there's less airlines. There's less availability. Prices mm, they're mm. through the roof. It's actually embarrassing to quote people sometimes because something that used to be two and a half thousand is now four thousand oh. because of supply and demand. Yeah, you know, yeah. the seats, the cheap seats are gone, and people think booking six months out is okay. And we're like, oh, you're late. (laughs) Whereas, you know, before (laughs) they could have booked within six weeks and it would have been fine. But now it's like, please book 11 months in advance because, you know, that's the only way you're going to get the cheaper (laughs) airfares. And when I say cheap, there's mm, not cheap. I am hopeful they'll come down in price as capacity increases, mm-hmm. you know, because the airlines are struggling too. They cannot get pilots. Mm. So they might have aircraft sitting in the desert, but it takes a long time to get those aircraft back up and running They just can't pluck them out of the desert and put them back in the sky.
0: I think I read somewhere it takes like nearly 12 months. Yep, 12 months. With all the checks the Mm -hmm. train and the the test runs and everything to get it going again. And that's
1: the thing. We want them checked and tested (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, we don't want to put them in the skies and they're unsafe. So, you know, people have to understand they just can't pull them out and get them flying again. They've got to have engineers to get them back up in the skies and then they've got to have pilots and crew to... Um, actually be on board and they mm. don't. A lot of people left the industry, had to do other jobs and realised, oh, mm. life, life's actually quite easy yeah, yeah, <laughs> over here because yeah, yeah. yeah. the travel industry is tough and demanding. hmm Um, I mean, you either love it or you hate it. You'll last five minutes in the industry or you'll be there forever. So we're finding that a lot of people are coming back to it slowly but surely. Mm -hmm. A lot of them got government jobs, which are super cushy, you know, don't go home with any worries. Whereas in travel, you do. You never sleep. You get phone calls at four o'clock in the morning from someone from an airport. Yeah, you know, trapped all, or something. You know, that, and that's our job, to help them. So we expect that. But, um, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, we've been in the government job, go home at four <laughs> and don't even worry anymore. <laughs> so, you know, we're trying to lure those people back at the moment.
0: Yeah, we often ask people here uh, mm-hmm. on the podcast, like, if you could do something in town, what would you bring to town? And a lot of the answers, it's been quite interesting, a lot of the answers has either been, uh, we want more travel options as far as planes, either Mm. going internationally or over the East Coast. Some people say we actually love the fact that not many people can get here and that is what makes Karratha unique. Uh, But you're obviously in the industry. Is there a route or anything that you think would really stack up or that you see being a big demand? Is it overseas? Is it East Coast? What do you reckon? Well, there's both, honestly. People want an East
1: Coast connection and i get that but it is expensive Mm. it's really expensive and you probably know being on the council you've probably sat through a lot of what it takes to Mm. get it done and it's you know even the barley export headland that won't get back up and running Mm. like everyone's hopeful that it will but from my knowledge and hopefully i'm wrong um that's not going to happen again but i do think it we need something in the north. And to be honest, I think Singapore would be the mm. best route to go down because, seriously, it opens up the door to everywhere. There's such good connections. But we need an airline that does have the um, – be able to pick up – you know, you don't want to have to recheck your baggage and all that yeah, stuff. So yeah. someone like Scoot or mm, – I think Scoop would be the best option, but because um, they won't bring a Singapore Airlines or a Emirates or you know yeah, one of the big boys up. in, too expensive, too yeah. They just and they're trying to get reestablish all their major routes too, so they're not going to come in. It's going to have to be We're low low Nexus. down on the let's priority, go, right? <laughs> let's get yeah, Nexus flying yeah, up yeah. there, but we'll let them establish themselves first. That's a great thing mm. that's happened for us, obviously. But yeah, Singapore would be my wish mm-hmm. if i could <laughs> wave <laughs> a, magic a magic wand, wand. Yeah, yeah. yeah which i wish i could
0: <laughs> well because um, we did used to, we used to have that uh twice weekly i think it was to brisbane and to melbourne mm-hmm. um we're probably talking eight nine years ago. Yeah, um, it was really really good. Uh, I guess you you probably do have lots of quotes and lots of holidays for people. Uh, rack your brain for a second. Is there a particular holiday that you've quoted someone and that you don't have to reveal who it is or anything? But uh, <laughs> that they've gone on that you've like, oh, that's like my dream holiday. Does anything come to mind? Oh
1: yeah. Oh, I could give you a hundred of them. <laughs> um, I had some people recently, or yeah, it was about eight months ago now, who did Bora Bora for 50th birthday. Oh, nice. And they're big divers, so they did a lot of diving and I watched them vicariously (laughs) on their Facebook page as they went to these (laughs) amazing places. I have been to Bora Bora and it is sensational. So that's probably one. Um, But because I've been there, if there was a wish for me, I would head up to the Maldives.
0: Maldives. Yeah, nice. yeah.
1: Not a lot to do there, but that's what that's I good. would like to do. <laughs> have nothing to do for a few days. Yeah, absolutely nothing.
0: Well, I guess that's a bit of the perk right with the your industry and, and your job. I assume you've gone to many places? I have,
1: yeah. It is definitely a perk of the industry and I, obviously, being in the industry for so long, back in the day, it used to be a big perk, especially working for the airlines. Mm-hmm. You used to get really good um, discounts on your airfares. That's a thing of the past, particularly for travel agents. We don't get any AD or ID, which um, we used to get, but we do get for mills. And so I'm very hopeful they come back. Mm-hmm. It's where the wholesalers will take us on trips to um, experience yeah. their product. And honestly, it is one of the best ways for them to sell their product. Because we come back, rave about it. Anyone that comes in, we go, oh, I've just been here and this was amazing. Mm. And you, you can sell something so much easier when, when you've actually, about. when yeah. you've been on it and yeah. you loved it. Yeah. And really, there's nowhere I haven't loved in the world, but you know, it, Europe river cruising before COVID, a couple of my staff got to experience that and honestly, they loved it. And one of the girls is going back this Christmas to do the Christmas markets on a river cruise. Ooh, so nice. and that's because she'd been on one a few years ago. So she's taking her mum and her daughter, which ah, cool. yeah, just yeah, things like that. Once you experience it, you can sell it and it it is a little bit of a perk of the job which is very needed because it's not
0: the most well-paid industry in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as uh, countries, have you have you done a count of how many you've picked up? I off?
1: haven't. You know, oh, um, a friend of mine bought me one of those scratch-off boards. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I must get around to doing that <laughs> one of these days so, so I can see. But, yeah, I have pretty much been to... A lot a of lot places, of the, yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. Well, let's switch gears a little bit because um, you've been heavily involved with KBA, Karatha Basketball Association, which I did not know has been around 50 years, is yep. that right? Uh, yep, 50, next year.
1: Next year. is the 50th. We're going to have some big celebrations next year.
0: You were president for many years, involved in it for 30 years and just got the award of Coach of the Year this year. Why basketball? Like, I'm a basketball obsessed. Uh, for you, though, how, how did you fall in love with basketball?
1: Well, I've always played. I've played since I was 6 and loved it. I just it's in the veins, pubs. You know that? <laughs> yeah. Once you once you love it, I do love all sports, but it is just a particular sport that has always like I've just always gone to love watching it, love playing it, love coaching it, mm-hmm. love being around it. It's I've made some of my best friends in the world through basketball mm-hmm. and it's it's taken me a lot of places because I actually play in a World Airline basketball tournament. It's called FESPA, Far East and South Pacific Basketball Tournament. Um, I still play as an ANSET staff oh, member, wow. believe it or not. <laughs> we have a team, but we generally um, we pair up with Lufthansa mm-hmm. from Germany and because they don't have he- heaps of people playing these days. But we play Qantas, Air New Zealand, Air Tahiti, um, Thai Airways. There's a whole crew of us, and every year we haven't been – due to COVID, yep. obviously, but it's been going for 46 years wow. and I've been involved ever since ANSET, so uh 30-ish years ago. This year, we're going to Japan, um, All Nippon Airways playing it as well. So, I mean, it just gets in your veins yeah, and you love awesome. basketball. So, it, it yeah. And I have just met so many people through mm. that tournament and it's... Just lifelong friends that, you know, these girls in Japan that I'm mates with, in New Zealand, all Tahiti, just all these friends all over the world. And when you do travel, you get to go and visit them. Yeah,
0: it's very cool. Yeah, so cool. So KBA uh, obviously has grown so much as well. I remember um, obviously was just at the rec centre. We have oh, one court. Yes, one court, on. right? Uh, the Leisureplex. It's funny now because it's almost too small. Right? It is well it's too, way small. too small. We, we need <laughs> more indoor courts, and I keep banging on about it, telling every little don't listen. we all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. But I mean, basketball, same as soccer, as well. Both these sports have just exploded mm. in Caratah, haven't they?
1: Yeah. So look, when we started the junior comp here, um, there was 76 kids. We've got. Seventy six. Wow. Seventy six kids yeah. when we started it. Um we've now, got two thousand oh, members now. <laughs> yeah. and then there uh, I think there's about four hundred seniors and all the
0: rest are juniors. Wow.
1: So it is mammoth. We don't have enough courts, you're right. If anyone wants to build us some, that'd be amazing. <laughs> um you well, know it has and-
0: to be held behind the the high school, right? Yep, yep, the juniors. On those two Yes, courts. on those two little courts. And court. the sun used to yep. come in, you could not see a yep. thing.
1: Deb English and Nick Cott were major yeah. um, push behind that happening. They were amazing, got the, all these kids playing, and it just grew and grew and grew, and it's still growing. Like, honestly, we just don't know from year on year with the court space if we can keep,
0: mm, you know, letting day. teams yeah. coming in because yeah.
1: it just keeps getting bigger, which is great, but... It's a good problem to have, and I was actually speaking to a mate, um, Damien Bar, who's in um, Perth, who works for BWA, and he was saying that um, crafter Basketball is the envy of all of the associations mm. in regional areas, and they keep asking him, "What are they doing so well? Why is it? Why are they going so well?" It's because we've got passionate people that mm. love the sport, that want it to thrive, want it to want kids. On the court, because we like to say a kid on the court is a kid out of court. And, you know, you've got to – yeah, we do it for the kids mostly. like But I must say it, it all comes down to the people that run it. Mm. And that's what's happened in other places. You know, good people leave the towns, you know, particularly like Port Headland or Inland. Yeah. They had jobs and leave. And the main person running it leaves and they fall, whereas we've been really lucky to have the – same people. Yeah, for, yeah, a lot of consistency and bringing new people all the time to make sure, you know, we're getting new ideas and, mm-hmm. you know, covering off on what everyone wants from the sport. So, yeah. We've also
0: got some really good connections as well uh, with, you know, Damien Marnon. Yeah. Uh, I know Bryce Cotton's coming up as well. We had yes. our very first NBL One match up yes. here. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that was such a good night to see... <clears throat> that um, there's the demand mm. um, from people that want to watch like high-level sports as well. And we just the,
1: want our own team now. Yeah. That's
0: what we're pushing for. <laughs> yeah. We just
1: need one of these big boys to get on, on board with us and, you know, fund it And because we've got the talent here. Mm. That's the thing. The guys are talented. We've got um, a lot of girls that could be playing. I mean, So you think that's a possibility? Oh, look, that's one of my goals. It's okay. always been, and that's why I've gone into the development role now that NBL one game took three years mm. to get here, and happened because a girl that used to live here in and narrowly, is heavily involved in the Bucks, and well, she's employed by them. And her and I were at um, state training; our daughters were both in the state team, and we we talked about it for ages. We were like, "Wouldn't it be good bring a game here?" And I, and this year when they were both on the same team, the girls, we were. We were like, let's just make it happen. So we just started the wheels in motion, and thankfully we've got great people. Jodie, who's a doer, gets things done, and we just went to Basketball WA and we said, look, Bucks will give up their home game. It's the long weekend in April. If we can get Redbacks to agree, can we do it? Can we do it? So then it was a big process, like they had to audit the uh, Leisureplex to make sure, Mm, even though the cameras didn't work on the night, oh my God, (laughs) um, that, yeah, everything, the lighting, the floors, the backboards, the shot clock, you know, everything had to be ticked off. There was a lot involved and some really good people helping out to make it happen. And yeah, now they want to come back, so... Hopefully, fingers crossed,
0: we'll get this as an annual. Well, let's ask you: if we did get a Caratha team in the mm. NBL one, is it Cyclones? Would it be Caratha yeah. Cyclones? Is that For what you sure. reckon? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It'd have to be. Have to it's be, tradition, it? mate. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, let's make that happen. we to. Yeah. I'm with happening. you.
1: <laughs> 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 let's get the wheels in motion. <laughs> yeah. Anyone listening out there that would like to sponsor? <laughs> yeah,
0: I reckon that's a great idea, and I think also that kind of thing. um Helps promote because like Carrahas known outside like we know how great Caratha is. Yeah. You've been here for yeah thirty years. You know how good the town is. Um, once we get people to town, they realise how nice it is. It's yeah. getting them here yeah. and changing that image of Carrahas just being a mine in town. Something like that yeah. would go a long way.
1: And livability, right? Mm. So my daughters just had to go to Perth to play NBL one. She can't play it here, right? Mm. There's nowhere else for her to go. So she's 16 and had to move to Perth. So most parents would pack up and leave. Mm. And, you know, I've thought about it several times. Don't worry about that because it's gut-wrenching <laughs> yeah. your 16-year-old leaving. But if we had our own team, Pat, yeah, you know, people could attract better staff here, you know. It is a livability thing, and it is something that, if we had it, it does encourage people to come to town. Mm. Oh, they've got an NBL one team. Well, yep. You know, that adds to me wanting to go for that good job in Caratha mm-hmm. because I can still play basketball,
0: mm-hmm. you know. And I think all the, the what was really nice on that night, as well as you got to see local. People sing, sing the National Anthem, but they would never have an opportunity to do something cool like that. Uh, You had the cheerleaders and stuff as well. I mean, it was fantastic. Um, So what do you love most about Carratha? What's the thing that's kept you here for 30 plus years?
1: Oh, look, the lifestyle, the people, without a doubt, it's definitely people. But we're outdoorsy people. Um, So the islands, camping, Mm. inland. Uh, I guess I've been lucky too that I can go away with work, but I've been so many places, and there's nowhere else I want to live. Mm. I keep thinking, where would I go? Well, you know, where have I been that I really like in Australia or wherever? And I can't come up with anywhere better. Just can't. Good answer. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> I love
0: it. Uh, last question: What's next for you? Is there anything on the horizon? Well,
1: getting an NBL one team. <laughs> no, I do not No, I think I'll just try and. Um, make sure the town has infrastructure, like help out with anything in the community that we can make it a better place to live. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of where I go to. If I, I haven't had a lot of time lately to do what I used to do. I used to help out with the KDCCI and all sorts of things, but with the lack of staff at the minute, it hasn't been possible. So I probably want to get more involved in community stuff again, if mm. I can, or more community things. That's probably my goal. An NBL one
0: as the as the key focus, all right? <laughs> Being ready oh, to pull on your board. shoes I'm on. i yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Cass, really appreciate uh, you joining us on the podcast today. It was great to chat.
1: All right. Thanks for having me, Paps.
0: From round the corner to your street
1: and neighbourhood, this is Pablo for Breakfast. Just...